My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels and the second installment of Faces of Deathmatch. I am joined today by my co-host, the amazing Deathmatch Worldwide Onan t-shirt printing, uh, fucking theme song dancing, Corey Higdon. How you doing today, my man? Thank you, my man. I appreciate that. I'm doing good. How are you? I am pretty good. Did you know uh, I play bass on that song that you just heard? True story. I did not, and I was I was sitting here playing air drums to it because I've heard it so many times oh. now. I, I had no clue. Well, there you go. That's uh, a band called Thunder Vipers. Uh, we've done two songs ever, and you can find it on Spotify. <laughs> so, man of many talents. Oh, mate, you know it. You know it. Um, so what are we doing today, man? We're, we're back to our retro reviews. We're back on our bullshit. We've had all kinds of stuff going on this month, but we finally found time to record amongst our busy schedules. What are we talking about today? Today, we are going to be talking about IWA Mid-South, Kings of the Crimson Mask from 2017, which is a show I was actually at. If you watch this, uh, you can see Corey in the front row, (laughs) popping huge. Yes, uh, there there was a moment, because I I know that you pointed it out to me. Yeah. Uh, I think when... Murdoch or uh, RSP did something. I jumped. I jumped up and and, and marked out. Yeah, you know, exactly. Big RSP guy at the time was Corey, <laughs> but we we'll get into that, man. Um, so we got this off Smart Mark uh, video. So if anybody wants to pick it up, they want to watch it and then listen to this. Hit pause. Go do that. Um, it it was like a great show and an interesting one for me. I haven't had much experience with IWA Mid South, and I wasn't even into Deathmatch in 2017. Uh, it wouldn't come until a little bit after that, like a year or two after that before I got into it. So super interesting for me. And and as we go into it, there'll be a few guys that obviously changed how they look and how things are and stuff. So my comments will kind of reflect how I see them now versus what they were. So first up, we had a IWA Mid-South heavyweight title House of Horrors match. John Wayne Murdoch, who is the champion uh, versing Ricky Shane Page. Now, at the time of this, John Wayne Murdoch had just won King of the Death matches, and Ricky Shane Page had just won Tournament of Survival. Is that correct? I believe. Or, that or, was, or was it Tournament of Death? Was it Tournament of Death he'd won? It, no, yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, it was it's CZW era. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because um, King of the Death matches that year was actually. 
I think shortly after that, and RSP actually won that year. So, I mean, they were the two big dogs in IWA Mid-South at the time, and this was, uh, you know, this was babyface RSP. Yeah, you know? well, that's a, the first thing I wrote down was we can roll Ricky is kind of a yeah, big dork. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of a big dork, but uh, still great on the mic, though, and I kind of, like, loved him immediately. I'm like, this guy's a giant nerd, but I kind of like him. Yeah, um, I actually didn't expect them to open straight up with the House of Horrors match because mm. it was, you know, title match, two big names. It was obviously billed as the main event. So, you know, to to my surprise, as soon as we walked into the venue, I saw the House of Horrors stuff hanging up, and I was like, oh, shit, I guess this is how... Straight out the gate. I, I, I can see them. It's pretty smart in a logistic sense because you can get all that shit done. If you guys were all waiting for them to set that thing up... That would take fucking ages, you know? Honestly, though, you know, I've sat in on that before, and the waiting for especially, like, big main event matches, big death matches that involve, like, a lot of gimmicks and contraptions, I don't mind the wait. It is pretty interesting. Same, when I'm at big Japan death matches and stuff like that, and they're doing all the tubes on the rope, which is a science that big Japan and freedoms are so fast at with the elastic bands. Have you ever watched them do it before? Yes. Yeah, so uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, you see the tubes hanging off the rope on the 200 light tube deathmatch. They put like an elastic band over the tube, put it up against the rope, and then flick the top over the top of the tube to kind of hook it. I'm gesturing now wildly. Corey's completely understanding anybody else who hasn't seen it (laughs) has no fucking idea what I'm talking about. But watching them do it, they normally do it so efficiently, and they do it like three guys sort of do it. Like one guy does the initial elastic band and goes along. The other repositions it, and then another guy comes along and checks his work at the end. And they're all like, like level and stuff. Especially if they if they have a game plan and they actually know what they're doing and they're not just throwing shit together last second, mm-hmm. that always helps. Because I've been to some nightmare shows where you know they were setting up things and they didn't think it through until when they were actually doing it. It took ten times longer. It didn't turn out like they wanted. Um, but, I mean, my other worry when I see a big main event starting out a show is that, oh, shit, does that mean the rest of the show is going to drag from then on? Mm. And well, I it, hope he, it doesn't. Old mate did say, is that Ian says at the end of this, he was like, I, I promised two main events, and so this is the first, and there'll be another one at the end. I personally didn't think the other one quite got there at the end, but we'll, but we'll get we'll get there in, in due time. So uh, the other thing I had was that RSP was still great on the mic, um, and I can see why he was so popular because he's kind of so likable and fun when he comes out, but then he's good at talking shit. Um, then John Wayne Murdoch is there. His beard was way less impressive, uh, and his whole look was actually way less cool. The white jacket kind of sucks, and he wasn't the sort of... Though he had the same music, he hadn't kind of all the way become what we know him to be today. Yeah, that was that was like... Murdoch had already been busy you know, getting his name out there for years. And he had been gradually gradually working his way up into, you know, who we know him as now. But that was, I feel like that was a, for a lot of guys on this show. 2017 was like really when shit really started to pick up yep. as far as the current deathmatch roster. Like, you know, so, so many guys have come and gone through so many different stages in their careers so far. But, I mean, most of those guys that are on that show – at least half of them, they're all untouchable right now. Well, elite-level guys. Much. And 
and it's funny when you watch this show, you can see which guys are those new guys that are going to become that, and which guys are the older kind of crop that are dropping off, you know, and then right. don't quite have that work rate that we now sort of uh, expect, you know, from from deathmatch workers. Um, but yeah, I've got. Uh, Ian's all over this thing because, like, they have to ask his permission and he's on the mic and blah, blah, blah. He's all over the whole show. You see him all the time. And it kind of had this real, like... That's what he does. Yeah, exactly. It, it had this, like, hey, this is a big family show. Everybody knows Uncle Ian's running it, blah, blah, blah. And he's just sort of hosting it and around the whole time. I was... Uh, yeah, every time I used to go to IWA shows, I was always used to... Uh, intro from Ian, sometimes interludes from Ian in between matches, and uh, sometimes awesome and informative, sometimes not so pleasant. Um, yeah, okay. Sometimes guilting the crowd, the ones that actually paid to show up for not showing up at other shows. And oh, so, I that's, don't know. That, uh, yeah, okay, that's I horrible. I don't like that energy. <laughs> no, no, not at all. you got to keep moving forward. Uh, and then the other person that's all over this is you, because uh, <laughs> Ricky uses you as a rope at one point, like you're right in front right. of it, and he backs up, and then he like bounces off your chest and like, like yeah. gets him. And then, yeah, it was the choke breaker. So there's a point where he pulls a choke breaker on John Wayne Murdoch, but like f- um, slips the tubes underneath. So John Wayne Murdoch comes down on the tubes and his knee at the same time, and fucking Corey loved it. He stood up like, come on! <laughs> I used to post little video clips of a few of my friends. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my buddies, Jeff, he would always used to pop in the background, like really hard, jump out of his seat, like, um, in the backs of shows. And I would close up on my TV and take a video and put it online. So I guess you're going to have to do that for me. Uh, I will do that for you. Don't worry about that. I'll I'll create it. It's a gift forever. So I'll I'll do that. Um, that was the first time I'd ever seen a house of horrors as well. Uh, what I learned was swinging the tubes that are hanging from the ceiling doesn't work. They tried to do it a few times and they never broke. They ended up just tearing them down and hitting each other with it, which like worked way better. Yeah, uh, house of horrors is an IWA staple. Right. So. Okay. Then yeah. Well, it, it, it was cool having everything around. I like the red canvas they use as well. Like I felt yeah. like the glass shows up on it way better. And it's now made me, like, when I see... I was watching Deathmatch Circus this weekend and, like, ICW and, like, Ruthless and stuff just have a grey mat, which doesn't really show up all the shards of glass unless it's, like, a close-up. And so with um, the IWA one that's red, you can see every shard of glass and it looks brutal. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they even... I noticed the tiny detail that even the barbed wire had red barbs on it. Yeah, I don't. Honestly, I, I don't. I'm not sure where they got that from, mm-hmm. but I know they must have had a ton of it because that red barbed barbed wire was on so many shows during that period. Yeah, I mean, it was on weapons. Because surely they weren't painting it right. That wouldn't be good for anybody. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure where they got that from, but they must have had a shit ton of it because it was. It was hopefully they didn't reuse. <laughs> hopefully they didn't reuse the same part. Jesus Christ! Like, I know. It's yeah. doing a lot of sterilization. I hope. Yeah, if they did, I don't want to know about it. But, yeah, fucking um, hell. Yeah, it was. I was. I was used to seeing that all the time. Yeah. What did you think of the match, though, man? Did you? I mean, you were there. Like, did you love it? Oh, it was a fucking banger. Yeah, um, I thought it was really good. Great, you could tell I mean, they're the top guys, like for sure. Right, right, and even now that they're, I, I consider them elite level death match guys. They were still. 
they were on top of their shit at that time. Like those, especially together, those two can't have a bad match. I mean, there was tube shots. There was uh, the, the gusset plate bumps were nasty. Um, you know, those two dudes just the destroyer really know was how to work. clean as fuck as well. That destroyer yeah. through the table. I mean, I'm Always. yet to I'm yet to see. Well, I know. I think I think one happened recently, but I, I very rarely see John Wayne botch that. You know what I mean? And with a guy as yeah. big as Ricky, like it was unbelievable how fucking clean it was. I have probably seen Murdoch's Deep South Destroyer more times than I've probably like seen Brett the Hitman Hart do a sharpshooter. <laughs> <laughs> but in, like it sounds and, like and Brett did it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, I've, it probably sounds like I'm tired of it, but I'm not. He's yeah, just yeah, exactly. that good at that consistent at it, and so I think the yeah. only move uh, that you could have seen more than the Deep South Destroyer is the Stone Cold Stunner because that motherfucker drop it on anybody at a dime. Possibly, yeah. There'd be shows yeah, where he'd I just agree. be in the ring, just stunning like thirty dudes. That's <laughs> <And laughs> just nameless security great. would run the thing. His spine must be so cooked. If anyway, you get, if you get too close to Stone Cold, you're getting stunned, motherfucker. What's going to so. happen? Exactly right. Uh, and then yeah, it finishes up. John Wayne gets the win. Uh, Ricky is not the new champion, uh, but Ian does say how good a job he's done and invites him to the next King of the Deathmatches tournament, which he ended up winning. So really. Okay. Yes. Oh, we're going to have to watch yeah. that one at some point. That will be Yeah, great. that was also a very good show. Yes, yeah, sweet. Uh, then we go on to match two, which is a shopping cart death match. I do like how every match on this card has a different stipulation, and it is Homeless Jimmy and Connor Claxton. Now, this was my first time seeing Homeless Jimmy, uh, and I'm, I've seen Claxton a few times, but I'm yet to see, like, a Claxton... Banger, you know what I mean? Like a defining match that makes me go, oh, now I get it. Like, and now I really like him or whatever. Um, what was your kind of opinion on this? You would have been a bit more familiar with these guys. So Claxton is somebody who I always thought had a ton of potential. Um, he came up through CZW, and I think pretty much the height of his like popularity was in his debut run in CZW and it was kind of a, um, they, they were doing this series of matches where um, they were trying to get him, him as a member of the nation of intoxication with uh, lucky 13, Devin Moore and Danny Havoc. Okay. Rest in peace. All right. And uh, every like big CZW show coming up, they would do like each one of them would have a match with him where they would try to make him prove himself. And it was some crazy death match. And he was, bleeding fucking buckets and killing himself and he got a really good following after that but somewhere along the way his i don't know the interest in him i feel like just kind of fizzled out he became like just one of like the mid carter deathmatch guys and uh, you know not to hate on him the dude the dude i have seen that dude take some fucking punishment Mm -hmm. and uh even in this he works really hard i just am yet to see something that has like sparked it for me yeah and that was a that was a weird match for me to see because homeless jimmy from xpw original west coast deathmatch hardcore legend um he he had been pretty much out of the spotlight for quite a number of years so he was starting to make his rounds again right okay and that was a strange match 
I, I remember immediately looking at that and being like, whoa, homeless Jimmy versus Connor Claxton. That's going to be different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, uh, I guess my first shopping cart death match. Uh, they fucking stress me out uh, <laughs> because I know what happened to Eric Ryan with one. So they leave me pretty worried. Um, it was a fun use of them, though. They did some like pretty kind of cool spots and stuff. And the finish was this like weird ugly sort of diamond cutter from the top, which wasn't really clean, but just looked brutal and really badass. So it was like a cool finish, I thought. I'll tell you what, Claxton took some shit in that match. There oh, was dude. two bumps he was, onto the shopping he was working, cart that were just yeah. disgustingly nasty. And the other thing about Homeless Jimmy is I watched him growing up on XPW. I love the way that guy takes bumps. He's... He had gained a, uh, some weight and was a little thicker during that show than uh-huh. the years I was used to. Uh-huh. But when that dude bumps, he's just completely like crash test dummy. Yeah. Noodle arm. Just He just eats shit when he goes. Yeah. And yeah, I always used to watch him take balcony bumps and everything. So I've always liked watching that dude work. But yeah. that match was that worried me <laughs> watching it. Being there live, yeah, exactly. Like, you never know if one of those, like, uh, you know, the cage on the shopping cart is going to bust and fucking pierce somebody. It's a little you bit know, they, stressful. They actually brought back Jimmy for another show after that, which we should review down the line, called Guardians of Hardcore, which was such an amazing show. Um, and I believe he wrestled Marcus Crane. I could be wrong, but... Jimmy, and you see, Jimmy's not a small guy. No, he's huge. He's a, he's well, a thick not, dude. Well, not huge, but yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a big guy. He does a, on the Guardians of Hardcore show, he does a Huracan Rana what? off of the ring post to the floor. Oh, my God. Onto a shopping cart. Oh, no. Train. And it is, well, it's one of those things where he hops up there, and then he barely gets up there, and they both kind of freeze for a second. Oh. And it looks like they're both just going to fall and eat shit, and then somehow they finish it. But it was one of the scariest spots I've ever seen. It was terrifying. Fuck. And we, we'll talk about that Marcus more on this, but, but he had some scary moments on this show as well. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it was fine. I, uh, Like you said, I think there was some you know kind of cool spots. And like you said, there was some good bumping and stuff in it. But all in all, it didn't leave me like a major fan of either dude. It's more like, oh, I would I would watch more of them. Um. After that, we go to a staple gun thumbtack death match with Mance Warner and Jimmy Lloyd. Now, I know this is the era of Mance that you were telling me about before where you were a big fan of. He's a very different at this point. He's coming in. He's like got a different song, different look. He's got little people cleaning his boots. Like he's just being a real prick to everybody, man. Yeah, uh, that was that was my favorite Mance. That was heel Mance Warner mm-hmm. at his best as he's coming up hungry in the mid-south area and he just he invites everybody to try and punch him in the face and it's it's great kids older people little people um you know and shout out to the heel mancer song uh leonard skinnard saturday night special one of my favorites of all time and that it just that energy just fit him so well and i've told him countless times over the years please turn heel again because yeah. you're so good at it. And he was even and even his a, wrestling a style really was different. That. Like he was doing more like a bit more technical stuff, like using grappling and stuff. He kind of had this thing like, and I'm a better wrestler than everybody and blah, blah, not like lariats and light beer kind of vibe. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he uh, Mance was definitely uh, a little more technical with his wrestling at that time, but that's when he was really cutting his teeth, jumping into the deathmatch shit. And uh, there was multiple shows I used to go see Mance at, even when he wasn't doing deathmatches, just because I love watching the guy work. Yeah. The guy can work his fucking ass off. Yeah, no, he, he really can, man. He, he's one of my favorites, too. Um, it was weird seeing Jimmy Lloyd with a different song too. He came out to like some forty one, still waiting, which is a good song, but it's not that like Jimmy Lloyd song that we all you know have known him to have for so long. But yeah, they had like a pretty yeah, good was, bar fight and like staples and stuff was cool. Yeah, he that was before he was really the Jimmy Lloyd we know now. I think that was like right around the beginning of him starting to get booked outside of like H two O and yeah. CZW. Yeah, okay. So like and then. To my knowledge, I'm not really sure. That might have been the first time he was actually booked to wrestle out in the Midwest. So, right, like, okay. Uh, I know <clears throat> plenty of times before he really started wrestling, I had seen him in it. Like, I remember sitting, like, a few seats away from him in the crowd at King of the Deathmatch 2015, and he's, yeah. like, popping for Nick Gage as he comes out. And then here we are two years later, he's wrestling for IWA Mid-South. So That's same crazy. way with Tony Deppin. I met Tony Deppin in at King of the Death 2015 that weekend, and he wasn't even taking wrestling that seriously at the time, and he's on Ring of Honor now. So, like, it's just, that was, that was a different, a whole different period. A lot of guys were just coming up during that time. Yeah, wow. And it, it's funny, like, so many of those guys you're talking about, like, it shows the influence. They, they're then watching guys like Gage and stuff, and then they get in, and then they're taking it even Further, you know, it's it's pretty right. amazing seeing that that transition across. But yeah, our boy Mansa wins. He taps out Jimmy Lloyd, um, and then we're a lot of staples. <laughs> so many staples, which now officially <laughs> stress me the fuck out. I listened to um, Uncorked with Kit the other day and listened to his interview with Marcus Crane. Shout out to Kit. I hope his like ankle is getting better. I know he's he's able to walk moment. now. Yeah, oh, that's... Of, I think I've seen a post today. He's officially allowed to walk on his feet oh, again. Well, so. shout out to him and shout out to his show. It's a show I really enjoy. But he, he has an episode with Marcus Crane and Marcus Crane's entire brain injury and everything he went through was because there was a staple left in his head that like got infected and stuff. He didn't know it was there. Yeah. And that then caused... Scary everything and knocked him out, you know, forever and like almost killed him. So now Staples stressed me the fuck out like more than anything else. <laughs> like, I yeah, I agree. That's, uh, they're definitely a lot scarier than people give them credit for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but then after that, we we go to another um, a match I really enjoyed but was kind of scary as well was the Pit of Glass Taipei death match with Marcus Crane and G. Raver. Now, was this... I think this was also, like, G. Raver's first appearance here because the way Ian talked to him at the end was kind of like, people said you were good and I hadn't seen you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I believe it was. uh, And I'm pretty sure he invited G. Raver back after that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Possibly for King of the Death, I think, because he was really filling spots for King of the Death around that time. And... uh, yeah, like I said, it was a it was a 2017 was always I feel like a monumental year for death matches because so many guys were stepping into the limelight and and really starting to cut their teeth as to who we know them as now. Yeah, and um, yeah, I loved it. I was a fan of G Raver, you know, way before he actually got to come out. So he was one of the reasons that I was I was happy to be at that show. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, he he comes out looking so pro. Um, it was a great match. It felt like 
I, I mentioned this to you, it felt like Crane was like really sloppy in this. I don't know if that's his style. I haven't seen that much of his stuff. He was kind of uh, he got injured pretty soon after me getting into it, but it, it felt a bit messy. But that, in a way, almost made G Raver look even better because he's so crisp in everything he does. Yeah, Crane to me is what I like to call a beautiful disaster. Yeah, right. The dude okay. gets it fucking done, but it's not always the smoothest. But fuck, I love him. He's <laughs> he's fearless. Uh, almost too much for his own good sometimes. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, and, and a lot of people don't really realize that Marcus Crane is an OG. Mm-hmm. That dude has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. But because death matches were just solely pretty much existing for so many years mm-hmm. before it really hit its stride and started taking off mm-hmm. as far as in, in wrestling... Um, that's why people really didn't start to notice him until around 2016, 2017, shit like that. He, I remember him wrestling for IWA in like 2011, yeah, wow. or something like. I think yeah. he was on a King of the Death in like 2011 or something like that. He's been going for a long time. Yeah, and he's got like a pretty impressive sort of like pedigree of trainers and stuff as well. Like I can't remember them yeah. all, but I know like he trained with Chris Hero and like like dudes like that, like. And yeah. Juice Robinson and like was in schools with like these guys, that kind of era of guys. So he's he's definitely yeah, Marcus got... was also um in King of the Death twenty fifteen, he was Nick Gage's return match. Oh really? And it pretty much was kinda overlooked because, you know, he was he was still just kind of the, the Marcus Crane that most people that were familiar with IWA knew. He wasn't the Marcus Crane that we know now. Um, and I mean, it was, it was kind of a squash, you know, everybody expected Gage to come out like a madman yeah. after that. And he beat the fuck out of Marcus. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. So it was, this was before he was the devil's big red dick or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or the snowman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or maybe what, he was always the snowman. I don't know. I don't remember which show it was, but when he came out with like this giant red dick made of like light <laughs> tubes and balloons and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, it was one of the GCW Chicago shows. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Exactly. I can't remember. I think it was 400 degrees. Yeah, it was it was funny as. But um, the there's a, a couple of noticeable spots in this. The sunset bomb through the chair in the corner. That's what I had written down. <laughs> fucking brutal. Uh, Nasty. And then Crane's finisher, where he does like a a fisherman's suplex onto like the corner of the Taipei pit. Like he doesn't get him in it. He sort of just. I mean, he might have done it on purpose to make it look more plow. Yeah, exactly. But it looked, like, fucked up. And it looked like he clipped his own head on the fucking edge of it. I was like, you're going to kill yourself doing this. But uh, Dude, it I'll looked tell you ugly. What, I, like, I'm really, really good friends with um, from with uh, Jared, the owner of No Peace Underground. Shout out to Jared. Awesome dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're always talking about, like, deathmatch shit and, like, stipulations and things. I'm always like, man... I wish people would bring back the, the um, the, those those boxes that you were just talking about, the the one that he slammed him in. Yeah. And as much as I love them, because like when I found Deathmatch Wrestling, that's what they kept weapons in. Yeah. Like they weren't just freely. Like there was a a a barbed wire pit, thumbtack pit, uh, not just light tube, but light bulb pit, and they were all in those boxes. And as much as I love those, and I want to see them more, and the nostalgia is there. I'm scared to death of them at the same time because when I see people land on those the wrong way, it makes me want to like throw up yeah. thinking that somebody like just broke a rib or like cracked their head on it or something. 
I, so I hate them as much as I love them. It's definitely a love hate with those. Yeah, things. yeah, exactly. Well, that that kind of ratchets up the tension too, because you're like, oh fuck, I hope they don't kind of get it. And we see those come right. back later um, with the like alcohol pit in the slack match. But yeah, so, oh, yeah. so, so funny story about that. Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. So uh, our boy Crane wins, uh, and then we're on to a barbed wire board match with Devin Moore and Max X. Now, I've got a, a couple of uh, a couple of notes about this, um, but I've got I've never seen Max X before. Devin Moore, you, I've you seen. You never did again after that either. Oh, oh Max X, he out the door. Fuck, yeah, he, okay. was, he was done at least uh, on our end. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you to tell me that full story. But I, then I've also got Devin Moore. I've seen. He seems okay, but being a weed guy isn't a gimmick. <laughs> is that what you wrote down it's literally notes? what i wrote down because i okay like i get it like if that's something you're about and stuff and i don't give a fuck but having a shirt that's like bong star that doesn't lead me to think that you're an ass kicker that leads me to believe you want to like chill out and eat some nachos or something like that you know what i mean, I mean he like, probably does too yeah but- you know, that that was always kind of Dev's gimmick, like especially when he was in the Nation of Intoxication in CZW with Danny Havoc, Lucky 13, and later Connor Claxton. Uh, you know, that's what they did. They drank, they smoked, and that's always kind of been, been Devin's gimmick. Devin's gimmick. I, I, I love Dev for all the stuff that he has done in his career, which is a lot more underappreciated than it needs to be. Yeah, and right. the dude has... The dude has had some legendary shit in his career with CZW and IWA, but I feel like his steam has just kind of gone out over the years, and it started, I feel like, around that time in 2017 when he was on this show. He was still kind of doing his thing, but it was like at the very end of his run. Like, you don't really see him that much anymore, and mm. it's just... You see him on H2O now, but he's it's not really, like pushed i guess you'd say like he's just sort of yeah. like a guy like a wrestler on the card uh and they kind of talk about everything but as i said there was nothing no flash or anything to make me um be super interested or anything like that well he went he went straight old school in this match because uh max yeah, X- I, I kind of liked him by the end of this match to be honest <laughs> i started that way but well, he's fucking i talk about his uh pile driver that he does or whatever that jumping pile driver thing is absolutely savage so, so that was all straight shoot um, I know Max X, no one knew who he was from our area, I'm pretty sure. I okay. think he was kind of like a package deal because he came along from the West Coast with uh, BC Killer, Homeless Jimmy, uh, Michael Kruger, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't really expect much going into this. I'm like, I knew who Dev was. He was obviously a name. I had no clue who Max X was. I think it was barbed wire boards match. At some point in the match, Max X lazily threw a barbed wire bat that kind of clipped Dev in the yes. side of the face. I, I wrote here, and I'm like, the, the bat looked weird or something like that. Yeah, he, he hit him a little weird, and Dev, just taking no shit, just snapped. Beat the shit out of him. Beat him down with bats, head stomped him. I think he gave him a fucking a Finley roll, the, which he always does, into the, the yeah. barbed wire board in the corner. Nasty. And then 
Texas clover leafed him so hard he almost broke his fucking back, and that was that. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was definitely a shoot right there. Yeah, and the jumping pile driver he did, like, like I said, was yeah. so high and so brutal. Yes. And the, the kick to the head looked really stiff. Like it looked. It was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They did. I mean, the, the kid was probably green, made a mistake. And he made a mistake against the wrong person on the wrong night. And Dev just wasn't going to take that shit. You know, he could have, you know, got his point across pretty quick and then continued with the program, but he was ready to just go after that. And I guess Ian knowing how Dev is and, you know, uh, Dev's old school that right after it, Ian just came out from the table. I don't know if it, I can't remember if it showed it on the DVD and he was just laughing and he just gave Devin a big hug. Oh, like, I know, okay I that. know, you <laughs> couldn't help it. So that that was pretty funny. Somebody put that kid in a body bag and get him out of here. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, I, I felt bad for him, but I'm like, well, you know, that's the way she goes. Yeah. I guess to his credit, like, one thing that Max X did that was pretty cool because he, they were saying he was like the deathmatch kamikaze or something like that. He actually, like, wraps himself like in the barbed wire and like fucking right. was elbowing him and jumping on him and stuff. I thought, I was like, oh, that's kind of pretty cool. I, I kind of almost got like Akira vibes from him a little bit, like in that moment, but then there's not much else to get from him because uh, it then wraps up pretty quick. <laughs> with yeah, those he, uh, he, he may still be wrestling now, but I have not seen anything with him, with his name on it in, since then. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I have no clue. Fuck. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, so Devin Moore obviously won that one. Uh, and, <laughs> and then it was a fans bring the weapons match uh, with Schlack versus Michael Kruger. Now, hadn't seen Kruger before. Schlack looked fucking awesome in this. He's not as big as the Schlack we know now, but his mohawk is fucking killer. Got this super long mohawk. I like long hair, I like long hair mohawk Schlack. Yeah, I oh, always thought the long hair badass. was a good look on him. I, I could see why he probably doesn't with all the barbed wire and shit like that, but it looked uh, right. it looked badass. Um, and it was actually quite a good match. Like, I really like it. I thought I wrote alcohol pits suck, and uh, Schlack drank it, which is... <laughs> right, right in fucking front of me. Yeah, and it was like a real and, drink. <laughs> well, it was funny because, like, he didn't, he didn't make... He didn't like make uh, a point to where it was like a big focal spot of the match, and you know, get people's attention to him walking over here. He just casually crawled out of the ring, had a sip, got down on his knees, and just took a big mouthful of this alcohol pit that probably already had blood in it, and then just climbed back in the ring. And I'm like, I fucking love this guy. <laughs> it wasn't even the show. Like, just have like, a sip. What the fuck? What type of alcohol is it? Isopropyl? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no. just like isopropyl alcohol, you can just get from the convenience store in like the medical section, and like, Fuck. and they they were pouring it all in there, like right before the match. Oh, and, you saw it. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think most of the people that were there were, of course, there to see the bigger names, uh, Murdoch, RSP. You know, uh, people were happy to see G Raver out this way, but I know for a fact people were pumped about Schlack coming yeah. out here. That was the first time he had wrestled out this way. And uh, I remember walking, walking in uh, to the ticket booth, and the first person I see walking around the side is Schlack, you know, yeah. drinking a beer. And I was like, no, God, only Schlack. And he's like, 
fuck yeah, motherfucker, and then just walks off into this venue and just disappears. And I looked at my cousin who always went with me, and I'm like, this is going to be a good show. Yeah, fuck yeah. That, that'd be awesome, man. I want to see Schlack Life sometime. That'd be so good. Um, but yeah, that was yeah. A, quite a good match. As I said, never seen this Kruger dude before. Uh, and I saw him come out, and I'm like, oh, I don't think it's going to be kind of good. He's sort of a big guy, and he's got like his mask on, and I'm like, this seems like it might be a bit lame. But he was actually pretty good, to his credit. Yeah. I thought Kruger was pretty good and held up his end, and Slack looked awesome. His elbow drop is sick. Um, fucking off the top onto onto Kruger to finish it, and I really liked it. It's exactly what you'd want from a Slack match, like just killing it. Yeah, the I, th- I thought Kruger you know, mixed it up with him really well. That yeah. was also my first time seeing that guy. I've since seen him on a few other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, still didn't like it as much as I did against this, with this Schlack match. Yeah. Um, the the double gusset bat shot oh, that Schlack yeah. does to Kruger's shoulders. Dude, <sighs> I can't explain to you how much that dude was leaking. And Yeah, I mean, it got real bloody. It, he was bleeding buckets, and there's a, there's one point there's a giant bundle of like 15 tubes that gets smashed. That was mine. I brought that. So <laughs> shout out to me. I'm gonna put myself over real quick. <laughs> so uh, it was actually fans bring the weapons, and you literally contributed to it. Oh yeah, there was another funny. I made a note of this. There was a funny point in that match. So somebody had brought a football helmet, and they put thumbtacks all over the inside of the football helmet. Oh, no. Michael Kruger, not knowing this, it was, you know, it's supposed to be used to put on your your opponent's head and smack yeah. it on their head. Yeah. He takes it and starts to put the fucking thing on his head, and people are going, no, no, no. <laughs> like, he, he he's got know, a mask. So he probably wouldn't get him. So. He's laughing. He puts his fingers up on his head like he's a bull and then, like, <laughs> runs at schlack. I don't think he got it on all the way, but the yeah. dude... Had no clue that that whole thing was filled with thumbtacks if he would have got it all the way on. That would have been terrible. Yeah, that would have fucked, fucked him up even through the mask, probably. I love it when yeah, there's, like, really stupid funny. weapons in death matches. Like, I've seen know. so much dumb shit. I just, I just stopped bringing stuff at one point. I'm like, uh, I don't want to see good stuff mixed up with all this. Like, I've seen people bring bananas with thumbtacks on them. I'm like, why? What why? are you doing? What are you doing? I That's saw somebody good. recently for an ICW show. Which is it looks amazing, it looks ridiculous, but somebody's gonna get killed. It's a so the fold fo- chair? Uh, folding chair with forks welded to it. Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah, I saw a dude a dude post a gift to that that Eric Ryan has got it, and he's got that meme of that guy like licking his lips and like, like looking really. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> dude, what, what do you want them to do? Like. Jesus Christ, you welded them on there. Like, yeah, it, fucking, it's murder. Nobody's going to use that. So you'll see that picture as well. There's one where somebody like uh, got a folding chair and glued glass shards all over it and stuff like that. It's like I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, it's it like... It looks dude, terrifying. It can't actually kill somebody. Like, <laughs> I like dumb stuff. I like that unicorn helmet with the gusset plate instead of a horde. I like that fucking... Uh, I, I just released the Big Joe episode and in the promo video that we made for it. You see him hit um, Casanova Valentine with a pinata and then pick up the pinata's head and put it on his fist and then use it as a glove. And like, <laughs> That's great. You know, dumb shit like that. There was a fucking, uh, like, a pink rocking horse thing in the Dale um, Nick Gage match. It's sometimes fun to see some... No, sorry, Dale Neil Diamond Cutter match. Um and yeah, it's sometimes fun to see stupid stuff, but it needs to be like I can't tell you usable. How many times I've seen dildos? 
the Effie dildo thing was pretty funny where like somebody yeah. done, <laughs> he's like trying to force uh, there was an H two O show where they had a dildo on a drill. Oh. That was kind of funny. <laughs> but at some point it's like okay. Like I saw uh, CZW used to do a, a match where they had a ladder that had dildos all over it. <laughs> And it's just like, right, why man, though? Funny, come <laughs> yeah. on, why? But now we're not actually why? at the point of it like being a weapon. It's just like doing stupid shit to do stupid <laughs> right. shit. Um, okay, so after that, uh, alcohol pits were pretty cool. More pits, liked them. Yes. Um, then we go on to the final match, which is apparently the other main event of the night, which is a Blades of Steel death match with Bryant Woods and BC Killer. Hadn't seen either dudes before. Bryant Woods is a pretty impressive dude man like he stood out to me immediately i was like where's this guy now because you could see him like somebody <laughs> that big and stuff being like very popular in deathmatch so i have a love-hate relationship with brian woods okay first and foremost bryant woods is fearless i've seen him i've seen him take some ungodly punishment but the other side he scares the shit out of me. And I'm not talking about like in a person to person way, like watching him wrestle scares the shit out of me. Um, he's had a multitude of like hip problems oh. for years and you can kind of see it in the way that he walks. Okay. Uh, he walks kind of crooked right. a little bit. And uh, he, he had since that show, I'm pretty sure, it was either before or I don't even remember the time frame, but I know at some point in the last handful of years he's been wrestling, he got another hip surgery. Oh, okay. But uh, And he was out for a while. And um, I don't remember if this was pre or post hip surgery, but, man, I, I can probably count on two hands the amount of times I've seen that guy hurt at a oh, show. That's not good. I mean, it's it's – it's unintentional, but sometimes he's just his own worst enemy. Yeah. The backflips are not friendly to him. Yeah. Because I don't think he's supposed to be doing them. <laughs> no, he's way too big. He's way too big. I can see here that his last match was October 17th, 2020. So he hasn't wrestled in a while now. That was against Colt 45. Yeah, I think uh, in that. R.I.P. Colt 45. Yeah, rest in peace, Colt. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was like unholy warfare, and he actually the, something happened where Colt got dropped on his head outside of the ring from oh. power bombs. So I mean, you know, not to take any away from Bryant Woods because you know I respect everybody who gets in there in the death match and does what they do, but the the dude's kind of got a reputation of being a little sloppy, oh. and uh, but you know. It is what it is. The guy's a fucking monster. Yeah. I was going to say, I he's got all music. the physical gifts, but it sounds like they're aesthetically there, but maybe not physically there. Like when you talk about having ongoing hip issues and stuff, that can really like slow you down and stuff. So maybe, I mean, it's been a while now since he's wrestled. Like It's almost been a year. Maybe, maybe he's finished, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure if he's even wrestling anymore like regularly, yeah. so I haven't seen much about him. But I've met him before. Bought a couple Bryant Wood shirts before. Like I'm a fan of the of the the dude's like tenacity to just get bloody and nasty and do 
terrifying, insane shit, but I'm always worried about that dude hurting himself. Every yeah, time yeah, I watch exactly. And, and it's not that good kind of like, I'm worried he's going to fuck somebody up or whatever. It's kind of like, I'm just worried for your well-being because you're accident. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you could see somebody like Ian looking at him going, if this guy, if I can get this guy to a level, he's money. You know what I mean? Like, he's the guy that you want to put the belt on. He's everything that you want to see in wrestling physically, like that size and imposing and, like, all that stuff. But if he can't physically go, then I guess there's nothing left to talk about, which is unfortunate. Well, you know, that's funny that you mentioned that. So you, you've got you've got a good eye. So, like, Ian will bring back dudes that he sees that in. Yeah. And he'll try to make them, you know, his try go-to build them. person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And... Um, again, mention it again, King of the Deathmatch 2015. Um, that was a breakout moment for Bryant Woods. It was his first time out this way. Him and JD Horror just had a just banger of a nasty deathmatch, stabbing each other with shit, hitting each other with shit. It was it was disgusting. And it got it got over probably as big as almost any match that weekend. Yeah, nothing got over as big as Murdoch versus Gage, but um, yeah. but yeah, he started trying to regularly bring back Bryant Woods there for a little while and then it just stopped happening which for some reason he's tried to do that with a lot of those a few of those guys that get booked in the deep south and it just never works out I don't yeah. really know why but yeah yeah when well when physical issues and stuff come into it like you need you, looks are one thing and size and potential and all that's one thing but then reliability is always the other right like and if you can't go all the time and things like that, then you're going to drop off, which is why you see somebody like John Wayne Murdoch be in the position he is now because he never stops. You know what I mean? He doesn't really get injured, knock on wood for John. You know what I mean? He'll get there no matter what. There's multiple stories of him being in like huge car accidents and then still making the show and like all this stuff like that. He'll get there. And John's machine. Yeah. And a lot of promoters like you're like, this is the kind of guy I want. It's going to get there no matter what, you know, and you need that in your your top guy. So I see that for sure. Um, tell me about BC Killer. So was he big at this time? I think I saw recently he was wrestling somebody that I sort of knew on Twitter or whatever. Like I, he's still about, right? Yeah, uh, he's he's essentially a West Coast guy, uh-huh. and um, this was I'm pretty sure his first time out to IWA. Okay. He came back a few times after that. Um, but yeah, BC, just a big powerhouse of a dude. Um, he, he, he's, he likes to stab people (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, I love that shit. And, uh, him and Bryant was a, was a different matchup because they're both two completely different contrasting styles. Um, a lot of sharp shit in that match, the scissor boards, Yeah, another thing that, Freaks me the fuck out. Scissor boards. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah, ruin that for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there was some good bumps in that match. Oh, the, the, um, the like DVD. Yeah, yeah. The tube, of, uh, the tube ladder, like on the outside. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't think that. I didn't think that was going to go as well as it did, but it yeah, went I, you would have been like, actually. and now I see him die again, kind of thing. <laughs> but it actually <laughs> went quite well. I thought BC was quite good. Came out big, sort of lumbering dude, and I was like, okay, maybe this is one of those sort of old school deathmatch guys. You know what I mean? You always 
hear about him, big dude swinging like stuff around. Like, he wears, like, his his gimmick is, like, he wears, like, the morgue outfit. Yeah. Like, the, the rubbers or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, he had he definitely had, like, a cool vibe about him. And by the end, like, I, I, I said it didn't live up to, like, second main event status, but that's not to say it wasn't a fun match. And I think where it just went wrong is just Bright Woods botches the finish, you know? Like, he... They put the the board on top of BC. Bryant's a big, impressive dude. Shouldn't be able to do fucking killer moonsaults. Can, but he does two killer moonsault and misses it. You know, like he flips over the top and he just like a finger grazes the board. Uh, and There's then a it, third or fourth time I've seen him do that. Miss it. Yeah, the other times were off the post to the outside of the ring and landing on chairs or completely missing the target. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the thing, right? But then that's the moment where you've missed it. He only just grazes it. It doesn't look convincing, and it's the finish of the match. I think that's the moment you've got to call an audible and do something else. But instead, they just do the pin, and it's over. Like, when yeah. I see something like that, that's a Bryant Wood stands up, pulls the board off him, picks him up, and fucking power bombs him on the board and then pins him or something. Like, a, a definitive, like, bang, this is over. But instead, he just kind of grazes it and then pins him, it's over, and you're left going, oh, man. Like, I... Yeah, one one more would have been good in that. Yeah, like, or, 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 like, everyone's like, one more or whatever, and he gets up and he goes, I'm fucking doing that again. Drag him out or whatever. Everybody's laughing, whatever, but you still do it, you know? Whenever in wrestling matches, when they fuck up that final spot and then they don't adjust and they just go with it, it's always disappointing. You know, you need yeah, to... Yeah, I always hate that. Yeah, you, or you need to have that wherewithal to call that audible and do something else. Otherwise, it's it just fucks your match, really. Yeah, if he would have done something else, yeah, like you said, picked up a big fuck you body slam on the barbed wire, a, a powerbomb, fisherman suplex, something. Anything... You know. In the anything. world, yeah, just just anything other than just like Stand a hand, him up and do a roll up. just a hand like this on the board, like this. Okay, now I've got him, like you know, <laughs> or throw him in a submission or something. Yeah, yeah, or fucking have him be angry. Okay, you know what? You've missed it. BC's gonna win. He pulls it off. He goes to make the move. Then BC rolls him up and fucking clutches the fucking belt or what it like the tights and fucking pulls him up and BC cheats to win. Do something to create something other than that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a wrestler. I, I enjoyed the match up until that point. Um, Bryant was bleeding buckets. Oh, yeah. all over mm-hmm. the place. There was blood all over the goddamn place outside, and uh, he took a, a nasty bump on the scissors. Oh yeah board too i remember i used to, i had pictures of that somewhere i don't know if i have him anymore um he's always done crazy shit like that uh he was on how we we went into king of the death 2017 the one that i told you rsp one mm-hmm. after this show mm-hmm. he was on the, brian woods was on that show too and he took a bump on some hot coals oh jesus and christ fucked his lower back up you know, for people who think that that shit is gimmicked and, you know, because they're not burning at the time or they're not bright red that, you know, oh, they're not really burning. I thought the same thing. I'm like, damn, those don't even look that hot. Dude, I saw his skin like bubbling and falling off of his lower back. He was fucked up after that. And why use that? Like the, (laughs) the level of damage versus the level of reward doesn't like that doesn't make mathematical sense for me you know like when you have something that 
isn't impressive to see but hurts you that much, that doesn't work, you know, because everybody looks at it going, yeah. oh, I bet they're not even hot. Meanwhile, you've got a fucked up back for weeks as you fucking, like, are dealing with a burn. I once, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, we were walking, like, around my uh, friend's farm, right? His dad's farm. Uh, we have, like, big fire seasons and stuff here because bushfires can be really bad. So they do burn-offs, you know? Like, they'll they'll go to an edge and they'll, they'll sort of pre-burn stuff into an area so the fire can't, you know, cross over into the low brush and stuff and they churn it all up. So we're walking, I'm just wearing flip-flops or whatever, and I we're walking across the fire break and my foot sinks into the sand, but what's happening underneath the sand is like hot coals, right? Like, or, oh, or like, you know, kindling and wood and stuff. The same as if you had dug a fire pit and then you filled it in. It, may, it keeps a lot of heat for quite a lot of time. And it yeah. had been days ago they'd done the burn off, but it gave me like brutal, like, I don't know, second degree burns or something on my foot. Like it was savage. That hurt like fuck forever. Like I had to take time off school and stuff like that. So why are you going to do that to your back when it doesn't even <laughs> look cool to the crowd? You know? Like, no unless death they're glowing match, no red. Life, like, my friend. Yeah, Jesus Christ. It's the same with uh, death man wrestlers always talk about carpet strips, like being way too much pain for the amount of payoff, you know? It looks like just I would be afraid somebody... that they would like break off inside of me. Yeah, those things always freaked me out. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, the more I think about it, all of it freaks me out. I couldn't be a deathmatch wrestler. It's not. I'm gonna stay in my lane, and I'm gonna print merchandise. Yeah, and everybody else can do that. I'll watch it. I'll support the shit out of it. They'll have my undying support until the end of time. But I ain't doing the shit. Is there, is there anything you would take? Like, would you take a tube shot? I've taken tube shots. What? Uh, I'm so jealous. I yeah. Hell but You know, growing up, I used to do a little backyard hardcore wrestling. Oh, I used right, to light right. shit on fire. I would be the one to jump in it. I used to take... Oh, actually, you told house. me this in our interview. If nobody's ever heard, uh, like, when I uh, first interviewed Corey back before we did this, we talked about you doing <sighs> fucking wild shit when you were a kid. Yeah, I mean, I, I would do most of it, but, like, in a... Deathmatch, I would do it just to try it, but in like a deathmatch wrestling on a show sense, no, because yeah. that's a different level of. Well, it's no. more on top of on top of yeah. on top of like. Uh, I'm gonna pass on gusset plates. I'm gonna pass on carpet strips. Um, I'm gonna pass on nails. Probably pass on fire. Oh, I might even pass on barbed wire. Fuck it. Oh, I, I would pass on barbed wire. I think the only things that I'd maybe be interested in are like tubes and skewers. Like tubes and skewers. I might even do some thumbtacks. Who knows? If there was enough of but, them and it's sort of like, you know, in the moment or something like that, maybe. But even then, yeah. that, and it would it have to be on back. how many drinks I've had that Yeah, day. exactly. That would define it. So anyway, as we start to fucking wrap this up because we're off the rails, um, what was I going to say? It, how did you find it in the end? Were you, you, you said this was a really good show, obviously. It, like you were there, you, you recommended it. What do you think? Um, I still think it's a very good show, especially if you're, you know, just getting into the careers of a lot of these dudes before they really started to blow up. Uh, if you're getting into, you know, Midwest death matches in the United States, um, you know, always got to look this direction too. Um, at the time, because I was there, I thought it was an amazing show, which it was. Uh, but, you know, a lot of time has passed since then and yeah. I've seen a lot more things that were crazier than that but as far as it being a good show I would recommend it 
it's Absolutely. it's an entertaining show. There's it's not a bad show at all, but I've just I've seen I've seen better cuz I mean like as I was watching this, I was starting to think oh, this dude went on to be on this show and this show and then I started to remember IWA Mid-South Guardians of Hardcore which was I I forgot at the time, but it was way better than this show. Yeah, so wow. we might have to go back and and review that one as well. Mm-hmm. No, we can do that for sure. We can get into that, get into a bit more stuff. Um, what are we thinking next? So as we as we start to finish it up here, we need to decide what our next episode's going to be. So obviously we're speaking about Guardians of Hardcore, so that that's a possibility. I do really want to start getting into some tournaments, though. I want to. Um, I don't have like a lot of experience other than like the modern day stuff with like the original tournament of death, uh, original king of the death matches. You know, it'd be cool to do like big Japan tournaments. You know, there's all sorts of stuff we could do. So is it any particular well, thoughts? How about this? Yeah. Since, since you, you put me on the spot last time, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot this time. How about we do a Rafe tournament that he wants to watch and we'll do that. So, no pressure. What's it going to be? I, I like it when you, I like it when you get to pick it because you know if they're good or not. <laughs> I like, I'll pick something and you'll be like, "Oh, that was the worst well, one." Well, I, I, I will say after we chatted the other night, you were talking about you know should we start at some of the newer stuff? Should we start at the the beginning of death matches? Yeah. And I've got King of the Death ninety seven. IWA Mid South loaded up in my queue, and I actually already watched half of it yeah. already. How's it? How's but, it holding um, up? You enjoying it? I mean, a lot better than I remember. Yeah. Because um, I remember explaining it to you, I was like, "It's tame compared to you know the stuff nowadays," but it, it was still. You, you got to put yourself in that mindset of the that era. Yeah. It was all so new. It was all so shocking, mm-hmm. and it, it still is. It was a lot more brutal than I remember, but. Um, well, what yeah, about this what, then? What if we do firsts in order to start with? What if we do like the first King of the Death, then we do like the first Tournament of Death, and and then we do like the first NGI, like like rather than do do them all in order, we'll do the firsts, and then then we can look at which one we sort of enjoyed most, and then continue. Like with each one. I mean, there's no rules. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Nobody can stop us. So. Yeah. You forget. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. Do whatever man. the fuck we want. Stop trying to control us, listeners. Stop. <laughs> Maybe we should put up a poll. I'm always scared to put up polls in case nobody votes. Eh, you know, it's better to shoot your shot than to not. Yeah, exactly. We'll just do what we want. Say. Exactly. I've done plenty of polls on the Deathmatch Worldwide thing, and sometimes I get 70, 80 people to pay attention to it. Uh, one time, like a few weeks ago, I had like four people vote on it, and I was like, "Well, you know, it was entertaining for those four people." Yeah, I guess so I'll do what I want. <laughs> exactly right. So anyway, we'll start with King of the Death matches, and then maybe we'll ask some people. If anybody's got any suggestions, come at us. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Uh, that would be cool. In the comments for this episode, uh, we'll take any suggestion and we will take it under advisement. Um, but yeah, okay then. That's going to be it. King of the Death Matches, the first American Deathmatch tournament, 1997. There it is. There it is. I'm pumped, man. It's on IWTV, yeah. people. So if you don't have IWTV, make sure you subscribe and you can rewind all the way back and check that shit out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No worries. Plug it, plug it, man. Tell the people where to find all your goods and wares. <laughs> 
I love you. You're always you're always you're always doing this to me. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, deathmatchworldwide.com at deathmatchworldwide on Instagram, uh, Facebook.com/slash/deathmatchworldwide. You can get official T-shirts from Neil Diamond Cutter, Schlack, G Raver. I, I mean, Madman you know, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, no Alex Cologne. Everybody, <laughs> tank. Did we say tank? Tank. There we go. Yeah, tank. There you go. Shout um, out to tank. You know, Fuck yeah. a, a lot of a lot of fucking people. Uh, Toshiyuki Sakuda from Japan, first time stateside. Mister Danger Mad Matsunaga. Yeah, Matsunaga, first time stateside. H two O, Matt Tremont. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Joel Bateman, all the deathmatch down under guys. It's it's grown a, a gigantic amount in a short period of time. So a big chunk of the the big name deathmatch workers have T-shirts on deathmatchworldwide.com. There's also currently uh, autographed a very limited number of autographed eight by tens from Madman Pondo and Alex Cologne, uh, a legend and the best in the world. So you know, jump on that because who knows when they're coming back. But there's Always stuff being updated. Over 250 plus T-shirt designs available. Select hoodies right now. Mm -hmm. I know they're causing you pain at the moment, but I'm very excited for when they can <laughs> yeah, happen. The hoodie, That's going to be sick. There's some great designs there. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, grab that shit. It, you know, the, the stuff's available 24/7 now, but you never know if it's going to be available the next day or not. You don't know who's going to come and go. You don't know how long somebody's going to. Want something to be available, so I always say jump on it. It's better to than not. Absolutely, while it's available. Exactly, and e even to Australia, the shipping is reasonable. It is fast. It is the way to go. So any of my Australian listeners or worldwide anywhere, pick it up. Do yourself a favor. Deathmatch worldwide, dude. Thanks for your time. <laughs> that was fun as always. Big dog energy. <laughs> Big dog energy. <laughs> That's yeah, how man, we it's do it. Cool to hang out here. <laughs> exactly. No worries, man. Well, thank you to everybody for listening to Faces of Deathmatch. We'll be back in a month or so with the IWA Mid-South King of the Deathmatches 97, the very first American Deathmatch tournament. Yes, sir. So for Corey Higdon from Deathmatch Worldwide and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and fucking Deathmatch wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter, at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook, at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com, and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Oh! Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G-Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. 
If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Oh, <laughs>